Gemara Erubin has been sponsored by Mr. Isaac Jamal and his wife Celia for their success, for their children's success, health, happiness, beracha, parnasav, atzlaha, bechol maaseh yedehem. Daf mem dalid. Today's daf has been dedicated by Mr. Isaac Shehbar in honor of the rabbi. Tzkelim zvot Isaac. Today's daf has been dedicated to Nishmat Acham Baruch, Rafael ben Miriam, and Abraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanichem Began Eden Amen. We are starting on daf Mem Gimal Amud Sheni. We're going to start three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine lines from the bottom. Last word on the line being Nehemiah. Uh, the Gemara says. Nehemiah bered Rav Hanilai Meshechtesh Emarta. Nehemiah, the son of Rav Hanilai, he got lost in thought, meaning he was learning on Shabbat and he was walking, and as a result, Benafak Chutzatum, his uh, pondering and the thinking caused him to walk outside his tomb, meaning the area where he's really allowed to walk. So now he's stuck. He's outside the tomb, and he realizes. That uh, he's beyond where he's allowed to walk. So Amar le Rav Chazda Rav Nachman. So Rav Chazda found out about the situation. So he tells Rav Nachman, Nehamya talmidechas shari b'tzar. He said, Your student Nehamya is in trouble. He's in distress because the law is once you walk outside your tomb, you only get four amot. So now you can only walk uh, four amot uh, area. So he's in trouble. So what did he answer him? Rahman said, Amarlo, Aselo Mehisa Shilbene Adam Vikanis. Let them make a wall of people and let him enter. Which means get people that are able to walk to that area, meaning it's within their Eruv, their tomb, and let them actually make a wall around uh, the rabbi. Now he's considered placed in a uh, you know, four walls. And now we'll say that he can walk the entire distance in order to get him back into the tomb. So what they were saying was, create a human wall for him, human partitions uh, that surround him. So once he's in an enclosed area, he'll be able not to walk all the way back. The Gibraltar is going to explain exactly uh, what happens here. So that was his advice. In order to get him back into his original tomb, once he gets back to the original tomb, so that he can carry, uh, I'm not carry, again, I, when I say carry, throughout this sugya, it's a mistake, I always mean walk, okay, that's just for our listeners and our students over here, I'm mean, slipping and saying carrying, but it doesn't only mean that carrying, it's talking about walking, so then he'll be able to walk, once he gets back into his original tomb, he can walk now the entire city, now, obviously you're going to need enough people, to make that wall from where he is to close him in all the way up until the spot where he's able to uh, to go in. And the Gemara will explain. Yativ Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak Kachalei Drava. So Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak was sitting uh, behind Drava. Yativ Rav Kamed Rav Nachman, and Drava was sitting in front of Rav Nachman. Amar Le Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak Drava. So Rav Nachman told Drava, "My Kamibai Ale." What was Rav Hazda's question? Which means Rav Hazda came to Rav Nachman, so we had a helpful student. How come Rav Hazda himself 
Did he just go out and advise to make the Mechitza of people? What was he asking? Obviously he had a question over here. So it says, If we're talking about where you had enough people to make a wall from where Nehemiah was all the way back to the original tomb, and you make you know, a wall this way, you surround them on three sides, technically. Surround them on three sides, all the way back to the border of the original at home, if we're talking about what you had, so what was his question? And the question of Mechazda was, Do we follow the opinion of Rabban Gamliel? We learned in our Mishnah that if Guyim took somebody outside uh, the tomb on Shabbat, and they put him in a deer or a sahar, they put him in a pen, or they put him in a corral, since it's an enclosed area, he's able to carry the entire area. So we'll say the same thing over here. In this case, the fact that he left, he left Mishogeg, he didn't leave on purpose, he was lost in learning. And now that they put him in an enclosed area, you get to walk the whole area, that enclosed area technically will get you back into your original tomb, and therefore you're okay. So his question was, Rav uh, Hazda, we know you had enough people. The question was, do we follow Rabban uh, Gamliel? Or maybe we'll say, Or maybe I'll say no. His, uh, the other side of the Safek is, that we hold like the Yoshua and the Akiba. They held, when the green take you out of the tomb, and they put you in a deed or a sahar, Halakas you only get uh, for Amot. So they've got the same thing over here. The human walls are not going to really help you to get back into the city. So that was one way of understanding the Safek of uh, Rav Hizda. Well, there's another way of understanding the Safek. Or the case was talking about where you didn't have enough people to make the human wall all the way back to the original tomb. And what was the question? The the question that Al-Fazdar, or the Safek that Al-Fazdar had was, Halakha kirbi li'ezer, or in Halakha kirbi li'ezer. The question is, do we go like Rabi li'ezer, or don't we go like Rabi li'ezer? Meaning, Rabi li'ezer later on, we're going to learn a shita that says, if a person goes outside his tomb, let's say, if he's within two amot of his tomb, he's able to just walk back. You get to Amot beyond the tomb. So therefore the question was like this. You didn't have enough guys to make the human wall. The human wall just took you to two Amot before the original tomb. So the Shaila was, do we go like the is And therefore since the wall can get you back to two Amot, then you can just walk in. Or don't we go like the Bidiyazir? And then since the wall is not bringing you back all the way to the tomb, then he is stuck. So there's two ways of learning the Safiq of Rav Chazda, why he brought the question to Rav Nachman. We review the two sides. Either we're talking about we had enough people to make a human wall all the way back to the tomb. And then the Shaila is, just the you like the Bangam Liel, or don't you hold like the Bangam Liel? Meaning, there's a, an enclosed area that you're placed into. <laughs> After the onset of Shabbat, do you get the whole uh, area or not? If you do, then beautiful. You can walk all the way back to the tomb. If, he, if not, then uh, he's stuck. <clears throat> So yes, Rav Nachman. Or do we say, no, the question was, if you had a full, complete human wall, that wasn't a she'ela. It was talking about a case where you didn't have enough people to make the wall all the way back to the tomb. The wall would extend of humans 
up to two amot away from the original tomb. And the question was, do you go like the Bidiyazir or not? The Bidiyazir says, even if you're two amot out, you could just walk back in. So the Gemara wants to know, uh, what was Rav Khazda's issue? The Gemara says, Pshita It's Pashut, that what we're talking about, the case of the Safek uh, over here, was you did not have enough people that their human wall would reach back to the city. And that was his Safek to be do we go like Rabbi Yehazir or not? The East Al Kadatak Bedim Alu Gavri Askin, because if you talk about we had enough people that would fill the wall all the way back to the original tomb, my Tibaile. What's the question? Ha'amarav didn't have already tell us that what halacha Kerabang Gemil Bedir Vasahar Usfina. We know already that Rav taught us. That halakha follows like the Bangam Liel when it comes to a person that's enclosed in a pen or a corral or on a boat. And we know that Abhazda was a student of Rav. And therefore, for sure, if it was an enclosed area all the way back to the city, there's no question that Abhazda would have said on his own. He wouldn't need Abhazda for that. For sure, he would have said mutar for him to walk back. So, Elah must have been the Safik. Elah vadai bidelo malu gabre askinan. Elah must be the Safik was talking about lo malu gabre, where he did not have enough uh, 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 humans to make the wall. Udrabili ha'ezer kame ba'ayla. And the Safik was, do we all like the Bili ha'ezer that says, so long as you're within two amot of your original tomb, you could just walk in. So, the Gemara says, daikana meh. Kabbalah says the truth, it is Meduyeket uh, from Rav Nachman's answer to Rav Hazda, it is precise that his question was, do we go like the Bidiyazir or not? Why? How did Rav Hazda answer? The Kamar le Vikanes. You look at the short of Rav Nachman's answer, he told him, make the wall, the human wall, and let him enter. Now, if the human wall reaches all the way the tomb, so just let him say, let him make a human wall and finish. He's in. The wall extends all the way to the to the to, to, to the original tomb. And the fact that it says Vikanes is something as a separate thing. Make the wall and then let him enter. Meaning, where the human wall ends, at that point Vikanes on his own, meaning since it's to Amor. So the extra word in the answer Vikanes implies that they did not have enough people to reach the original uh, tomb, and if we can, as we're saying, since we go like the Bili Aizid, he can't walk in. And the Gemara says, my Yikanes, which means, what did you need the extra word? Well, then I want to answer Yikanes. So the Gemara says, Lav must be below Mehisa. Must be talking about in the area where there is no human wall. So comes out of the one was really teaching two things. Number one, you can make a human wall. On Shabbat, no problem with that. And number two, even if the human wall doesn't extend all the way back to his original tomb, it's permissible, according to me, the Aizid, Nehemiah can walk all the way to the end of the human wall, and then an additional two amot, without the wall, in order to get back into the city. Now, it should be pointed out that this hetan is only said in the circumstance. It's not said, uh, you know, Stam, if anybody wants to, uh, you know, uh, come back into the tomb. Here was a situation where he went out of his tomb because he was lost in learning. So it was considered a shogeg. It was unintentional. Some of the hakamim were, uh, were lenient. But Stam, uh, just to make human walls like this, to allow people to go outside and inside the tomb, obviously is, uh, is not the case. Comes the Gemara now and is going to discuss a question. Are you allowed to make a human wall on Shabbat? Which means, uh, now, now we got the deen of the tomb. Now we're going to go back to making a, uh, a, a, a 
a wall on Shabbat. Albeit, it's not a wall of, uh, you know, concrete or bricks or whatever it is, but uh, it's a wall nonetheless. So the Gemara says, It's the question to Rabbah that allowed you to make the human wall on Shabbat. So we have a Ibn Aita. says, Nafal Dufna. If let's say the wall of a sukkah fell on Yom Tov. You have your sukkah, it uh, collapsed. One of the walls collapsed on Yom Tov. Lo ya'amid ba'adam behema v'chelim. You're not allowed to uh, put in that place of the wall not a human being to serve as a wall, not an animal, nor can you place vessels to serve as the wall. Which means, if let's say you have a bed in the sukkah, you're not even allowed to lift the bed up and put it in that spot where there is no wall. In the Hadush of the bed cases, that even though it doesn't look like you're constructing a wall, because you could say he just wants to make room. So he's taking the bed and he's just you know, lifting it up. It happens to cover up that, that spot over there. Still, even that is going to be forbidden. Why? What's the reason why you cannot use any of these items for a sukkah wall? On Yom Tov, so the Gemara gives the reason. Which means because you're not allowed to construct a temporary wall uh, from the start. But the Gemara was what that means on Yom Tov. So the Gemara says, if this is the Halakhan Yom Tov, which normally the laws of Yom Tov are more lenient than Shabbat, it goes without saying that a temporary wall will be forbidden to construct on Shabbat. There's a question. How then did Rabbi Nachman allow them to go make a mehitza of, of human beings? By when you make it a wall. Albeit it's not kavua, it's, it's aray, but still it's, uh, it should be a problem. So Rava is going to answer. Amar So Rava comes along and says, At amart li meha. But you're bringing me a, 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 a question from that b'raita. I'll bring you a different b'raita that supports me. You're just like you have a b'raita that says it's asur, I have a b'raita that says it's mutar. Ah, what does it say? Adam it dofin. A person is allowed to make a wall out of his friend. Meaning, in the sukkah, which means in order that he can fulfill the mitzvah of sukkah. What's the main mitzvah of sukkah? Uh, sleeping, eating, and drinking. Now, uh, and it says, the fitamita, and you're also allowed to lift the bed up, the yifros sadin, and put a uh, sadin, let's say a sheet over the bed, right, just to close it. hama Also, let's say you have a mitt in the sukkah, and you don't want the sun to, you know, uh, beat down on the deceased. So you want to block the wall. So you can put the bed up and put a sheet over it in order to cover the mat, uh, meaning to block the sunlight from the mat. And furthermore, you're allowed to cover that wall up with the bed in order to protect the food that's in the sukkah, in order that it doesn't spoil. But bottom line, you see from the Braita that a human wall is permissible to construct. So therefore, you have a Braita says, what do you ask me from that Braita? I have this Braita. Only problem is, the Gemara says, Kashana Adadeh. Right, now we have to reconcile the two Braitot against each other. 
because you know, Rava has a source, but there's, there's a uh, obviously a stina over here. So the Gemara says Lakasha. Now that's not a question. I can say that the two Braithot actually represent two different opinions of Tanaim. Uh, I can tell you the opinion the, that says you cannot make a temporary mechitza even out of a human being is asur that would be like the Bili Ezer in Masechet Shabbat and the writer that said it's mutab will follow the opinion of Hakamim that we also learned in Masechet Shabbat what was the case? so the Gemara says because we learned in a Mishnah Masechet Shabbat kahalon Remember we had a situation where there was a window, right? In the olden days they used to clog up the windows with a piece of wood, right? So uh, the Mishnah says, You have this piece of wood that's used to clog up or close the window or the hole of the window. According to me, you need two conditions in order to be able to clog up that window on Shabbat. Number one, it has to be kashud, meaning it has to be tied to the wall. If you remember the picture in the second Shabbat, you had to have it tied with a rope. And it had to be dangling, meaning it was not able to reach the floor when it's tied to the wall. What does that do for you, Rabbi Ezra says? Then already it's considered attached. Once it's not considered adding a temporary uh, wall, or temporary structure on Shabbat. Because already it's tied to the wall already, it's dangling. However, according to me, the eye is that if let's say you didn't have these two conditions, let's say it was tied to what was on the floor, so when it's on the floor, it looks like you're starting from scratch. You're taking a, a new item that, you know, was not evident in the wall, and you're sticking it in the hole. That would be considered making an ohel aray. That would be considered making a temporary structure. So that's the Bili Aizir Shita. And, what's the opinion of the Hakamim? Uh, I'm sorry, And if you don't have these conditions, of course, what? Epokim is forbidden to clog it up. And what's Hakamim Shita? Hakamim Omrim. Hakamim come along and say, Ben kach u ben kach bo. They say it doesn't matter. Even if the uh, piece of wood is on the ground. Doesn't matter if it's tied. Doesn't matter if it's dangling. You could take the plank of wood and you could actually... Put it into the window on Shabbat. Why? Because they say this is only binyan aray. It's not a permanent uh, item. This, made, this item is made to pull in and pull out. When you want air, you take it out. When you want to close it, you close it. So what do you see here? Hakamim say that binyan aray, a temporary building, is permissible. So the Gemara wants to say like this: just like the biliyazit forbids to close the window, even though you're just adding to a a structure, I mean the wall is there, you just have a window there. You're just adding to a structure temporarily, so to will say, it's forbidden to make a temporary mechitza, even by a human being. And therefore the first brighter that said asur is going like, Rabbi is it that mechitza arai is asur. And the second brighter that said mutar, that will be shitat hakamim that say, a temporary structure, like you're able to put the plank into the window on Shabbat. So therefore the same thing over here. So comes again and says no. No proof. No connection between stimat halon and sukkah. Why? Be'ait mara'ala. says, what do you mean? We learned already in Masechet Shabbat regarding this mahlokit. 
אמר רבא בר חנא אמר רבי יוחנן הכל מודים שאין עושים אוהל ערי בתחילה which means ביום טוב everybody agrees meaning even the hachamim agree that you're not allowed to build a, a structure that was not there on Shabbat even though it's temporarily meaning for example to put up a new wall that is no machloket the whole machloket the only machloket there was to add on an existing structure for example you had the wall already you just had a window there so now you're being mosif by closing that wall that hole up so what you're doing is you're completing the wall that was there already it's tosefet lebinyan aray but it's there already but so what Rabbi Yudaiza says, no, it has to be a dangling, because it's considered part of it already. I can't even say, no, we can even be more lenient. But to put up a, a wall that was not there, that's already even more. That's already, everybody's going to agree that it's going to be forbidden. Which means, therefore, in the case of the sukkah, you didn't have a wall there. The wall came down. There's nothing there. So it's not musif ala oil aray. You're not adding. You're actually creating a new wall. There could be even the hakamim will say, Asur. So therefore you cannot make this machloket interdependent on the machloket of the sukkah. So the Gemara says, again, No machloket is what? Where you're adding to an existing structure. You cannot be mosif by Yom Tov. Automatically cannot, automatically on Shabbat as well. You can add to an existing structure on Shabbat. And automatically if you can do it on Shabbat, you can do it on Yom Tov. And therefore, there is no connection to the case of Sukkot, because here you're actually adding a structure that was not there. You're not adding to something. You're putting a wall so now the Gemara goes back. What is the uh, answer to the contradiction? Ela la kasha. Gemara says, no question. Ha kirbi meir. Ha kirbi yuda. We found two other tanaim that we could uh, reconcile the Braithot. Well, what's the opinion of the uh, yuda and the meir? So it says, Detanya asa'al behema dofin sukkah. You took an animal, and you're using the animal as one of the walls of the sukkah. Rabbi Meir posel. Rabbi Meir says pasul. Why? Because he holds you have to be concerned that the animal might run away. The animal runs away, you're left with a pasul sukkah. So therefore, uh, he says you cannot use the animal. Rabbi Yehuda, makshir. Rabbi Yehuda says no, it's kashir. So we want to say that uh, this shita of Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda is the two opinions in the Braita. How? So the Gemara says, Rabbi Meir de Kapasil Hata. Rabbi Meir that says an animal cannot serve as a wall of the sukkah. Why? Because it might run away. Alma lo mechitzahi. But still, so it comes out what? It's not a wall. Meaning it's not considered a legitimate, halachic, kosher wall for the sukkah. And therefore, hacha shareh. Therefore it will be permissible on Yom Tov, if let's say the wall came down, you could put the animal to stand there. Why? Because according to the Bimi'i, not doing anything. Since that 
animal, does it kosher the sukkah? No. So therefore it's not considered making a mechitza. So therefore the bright that said, if the sukkah came down on Yom Tov, one of the walls, you could put an animal in that place, I'll say it's a bimeir. But it's reverse logic. Since it's not a kosher wall, so therefore by putting the animal there, you're not doing anything. Therefore he says, mutar. And we go the other way. He right, well, let's look at what up. Dela midi ka'abid. Because bottom line, that mechitza is not doing anything halakhically. Meaning, even after you put the animal there, the sukkah is still pisula. So therefore, that's not considered a, uh, a wall. Which means, if anything, what is this animal doing? It'll be, make siniut. It'll make it just more, say, a, a private area. But halakhically, the animal cannot accomplish anything. And therefore, the bright that it says, you you can put the wall there, is a bimi'iyah that says, since this is a pasul wall, and it's not considered a mechitsa that's matir anything, if anything is just, just to, to keep it enclosed or private, so therefore, it'll be permissible, even though it's a new wall. says no. An animal can serve as the wall of a sukkah, and therefore it's, it's a halachic wall, what do you see? Must be it's considered a legal halachic mechitza. So therefore, haka asar. So he's the bright that it's going to say that you can't use the animal as the wall. Why? Because since it's going to do something halachically, so the, the machloket over here is actually now where we're adding a new condition here. To be considered a mechitza in those two brightot, whether you can construct it or not, is. What does the mechitzah do for you? If the mechitzah does something for you halakhically, meaning it has the ability to mechshir the sukkah, so then already you're going to have an issue. Then already it's going to be asur, because that's considered making a mechitzah. Meaning, mechitzah is not just putting a wall up. To put a mechitzah, it's got to actually accomplish something. Not just to, uh, you know, tsiniut. Uh, uh, so therefore the bright that it says asur must be going like who? The biudah. Because the Bihuda normally says, for example, on Holamoyed, let's say, if you want to use an animal for a, for a wall, the Bihuda says you can. Oh, so this is considered a legitimate wall. So if you do it on Yom Tov, you did something. You made a sukkah. You built a sukkah. It constructed something. And therefore, it be a sur. But the Bihuda says, nah. You put a, an animal up for your sukkah, you did nothing. The sukkah is just as pasul as it was before you put the animal. So technically on Yom Tov, you put an animal next, on, that, on that open wall, you did nothing because the sukkah halakhically did not change its status. So that's how the Gemara wants to now say the two brightot. Ha! The bimir, ha the biuda. So the Gemara says, uh, the obvious question. <coughs> Gemara says, Bitispira. Uh, can you tell me? Does it make sense? Does it make sense to say that the brightot that allowed you to put that uh, animal as the wall is going like the bimir? Why not? Yeah, because all the Bimir said his deen was by an animal. And he gave a logic. What was the logic? His logic was because the animal will run away. Okay, now that's a sivara that only applies to an animal. But the Braitha said, you can make a wall out of an animal, out of a human being, and out of kelim. Now, if you tell me that that Braitha is a Bimir, how do you answer Adam and Kelim? Which means, true, you'll tell me that a behemah is not considered a wall to kosher a sukkah, therefore you could put it as the wall. 
course it's going to run away. But Adam won't run away. Tell the guy, stand there, he'll stand there. The Kelim is inanimate. They stay in its place. So according to Bibi's logic, why then should the Braita matir in Adam and Kelim? The Kaura, according to the Sevarab it should be Asur. And the Braita says they're all permissible. You're only answering me, Bema. But you're not answering me. Adam became a Tabraita as well, said Mutar. So the Gemara says, Iba de Shamat al Adam the Kelim, Mishamatle. Which means, did you ever hear the Bimir say that's Pasul to put an Adam and a Kelim as a wall? On the contrary, according to Sevarat, should be Pasul to put an Adam and Kelim because Palmer is considered a. I mean, Hitzah had done something, but the Braitha was Matir, all of them. So the Gemara says, the two and furthermore, furthermore, uh, this inyan that the Bimi'ir is Matir, to make a temporary wall on Shabbat, meaning, if it's not Matir anything, like the case of uh, the animal, he allows you, whose opinion is that? We're going back to Masakat Shabbat. If it's like the opinion of Rabbi Yahizir, Leosif Nameasar. Rabbi Yahizir said, not only can't you put up a new wall that wasn't there, you can't even add to an existing. Like the case by Pikaka Halon. Ela Alibad Rabbanan. Also, one time he's going like the lenient opinion. When were the rabbis only lenient? Ima Dami Rabbanan Leosif. Lekatachila. Mi Amur. Even the rabbis were only matir wat to add to an existing wall, like by the pekak. But where do you see that the rabbis allowed you to put a wall that wasn't there from the beginning? So therefore we have two questions. Number one, the answer just doesn't work. Because the Braita over there was matir, Adam, Kelim, and Behemah. You only answered me Behemah. But you didn't answer me Adam, the Kelim. Secondly, is it possible to have an opinion to say you could on Yom Tov, or as well as Shabbat, to make a wall, and put a wall that was not there? Who she does that? The whole Mahlok in the Masechah Jom Tov, the Eizen HaChemim was adding to an existing structure. You have the wall, you have the, the window. So can you add the Pekah, can't you add the Pekah? But we didn't see anybody that says, you can go put a new wall that wasn't there. So therefore this line of reasoning is also rejected. So we're back to the question. How do you reconcile the two Braithot? Again, one Braithot is telling you Mutar, Adam, and one Braithot is telling you Asur. So comes the Gemara and says, Elaha deha Rabbanan. Both Braithot are following the Rabbi's opinion in Masechet Shabbat by Pekaka Halon. That they allowed you to add to a existing structure. Well, so how do you reconcile? So the Gemara says, V'chelim akelim nakasha. Yeah, let's go one step at a time. One Braitha said you can use kelim as the wall of the sukkah, and one Braitha said you can't. We can reconcile kelim to kelim. How? We'll say, Ha bedofen shelishit, ha bedofen revi'it. It depends which wall you're making out of kelim. Which means, a sukkah minimally to be kashed, you need three walls. So the braita that said it's asur, will be talking about we had two walls in the sukkah. And this third wall now, you're making out of kelim, that's going to kosher the sukkah. 
So in that case, the Hakamim will say, that's considered you're creating something new. But if you have a three-walled sukkah already, that'll be, and you're just making a fourth wall, since it's not doing anything to your sukkah, it'll be considered you're adding to an existing structure. Where Hakamim hold, just like Pekaka Halon, you have an existing structure there, you're just adding to it. So a three-walled sukkah is an existing structure. And then we just mosif al oil aray. Therefore, it'll make a difference between is it three walls or is it the, is it the third wall or is it the fourth wall? So comes again and says, you know what? It makes sense this hiluk. Why does it make sense? So the Gemara says daika nameh, which means the first brayta that was osir to put, let's say, kelim as a wall. That with, when we're learning that must be talking about the third wall, right? It's mashma that that is the case indeed. Why? Diktani, because it says in the Braita, Nafal Dufna. The language of the Braita is its wall. Now, uh, its wall is mashma, the wall that makes it a sukkah. It doesn't just say Nafal Dofin. Dofna implies what? Its wall. Its wall's mashma what? The wall that makes the sukkah keshera. Which means if the third wall came down, you're not allowed to put kelim in its place. Why? Because those kelim are making the sukkah keshera. That's considered putting a new wall. So the Gemara is miduyeket according to this chiluk. and therefore we can uh, deduce from that. Now, and on that third wall, what did the Braita say? Velo yiskofpa etamita. Right. In that case, you would not be allowed to put the the bed up. Now. If you remember in the uh, in the second Braita, uh, where they were allowing such a case, when it said you're putting the bed up, it was either to block the sun for the met, or so the food don't get spoiled, because the sukkah was kishira already. In the first Braita, it did not discuss you're doing it to block any sun, because in the first Braita, the issue was to make the sukkah kishira. In the second writer it said, and you can't lift the wall, the bed up. If there's a mat there, because you want to block the sun, so you can uh, put the wall, the bed up to block the sun, so the mat doesn't get decayed, or to not spoil the food. It's mashma in the second writer the issue was not the sukkah. The sukkah is keshera, regardless, because you have your three walls. You're only putting up the bed for an additional uh, shade purpose. So therefore, the braithot are actually miduyakot, the way we're learning there's a difference between the third wall that's Makshid the Sukkah that Hakami will say is Asur and the fourth wall that Hakami will say is Mutaikos is considered Mosif Al-Ohil Arai. So we answered Kedim to Kedim. But we still have a contradiction from Adam to Adam. Because one Braita says Adam is uh, Mutar and one Braita says Adam is Asur. So the Gemara says Elam. Adam, Adam, Kasha. Now, why don't you come along and say, why don't you come along and just say, 
it's the same uh, the same haluk that uh, when is it permissible to make the Adam when you're making him the fourth wall and uh, when is it as when you're making him the third wall because uh, you can't say that because the Braita clearly says that it's permissible to make an Adam as a wall in order that you can eat sleep and drink in the sukkah so by the Adam it's clearly you're making it a sukkah Right, that was not sure of the right. Adam's mehitza uh, So there, it seems that Adam is actually making the sukkah keshera. So how do you answer that? So comes the Gemara and says, Adam, Adam, nami lekasha. It's also no question when it comes to Adam, the Adam. Kan ladat. Meaning the Braita that said it's a suit to make an Adam a wall is talking about where he knows he is serving as a wall. She's when a person stands there with kavanah to make a mechitsa, that's like making a permanent wall, and therefore it's going to be a suit. Even though it's temporary, but the guy knows what he's doing, Asud. Kan midad, where the guy doesn't realize. Yeah, you tell the guy, do me a favor, could you go uh, stand over here? Say so standing over, he doesn't realize that he's now making the sukkah. Okay, should I just stand there for half an hour, everybody's eating, and uh, you know, guy sleeps in the sukkah, and just stand there until I wake up. So therefore, don't move, he tells him, don't move. I need to stand there, don't move. So he's not going to move away. So therefore, we could say that the Hanuk and Adam is... If it's Lada'at or Shiloh Lada'at. So the Gemara goes back to its original case now. In the case of Hanilai, or the Hamyabir uh, of Hanilai, he got caught outside the tomb. He got lost in his learning, yeah? So what did Rabbi Nahman tell the Rabbi Hamda? No problem, go get the uh, people, let them make a wall for him. It's mashma that they knew what they were doing. That they were telling us, we've got to form a wall around uh, Rav, uh, Rav uh, uh, Nehemiah in order to get him back in the room. So they're going to ask that question. What do you mean? That case was a wall where the people seemingly knew what they were doing. And once you know what they're doing, we don't have a matir on that. So the Gemara says, no, Shalom They didn't know exactly what they were doing there. Which means, he told, come, stand, I want you to stand there, you stand there, there's a formation. They didn't know exactly, they were forming a wall in order to allow the Nehemiah to go in. That's how you have to say the case. So the Gemara says, but we start the question. Right. The guys that were making the wall, they didn't know what they were doing. But the Hizbah that was gathering them together, he knew that he was making them a wall. So she says, how do you allow it from the Hizbah's standpoint? She's the guys that are standing there, they should all the da'at. But wasn't that Hizbah going, he asked the question of Hizbah, go, go collect people. So when he was lining them up, he was already knowing that he's making a wall. So how do you answer that Hizbah? So the Gemara says, that Hizbah shalom min minyan hava. Which means, yeah, he just told them, go, go stand over there. But he wasn't part of the wall. The Gemara assumed that it's questioned that what? And, but that was one of the, uh, one of the human walls. 
So he was, uh, he knew what he was doing. So the says, no, he was just the, uh, the engineer of it. He just went and told them, everybody come stand over here, but he was not part of it himself because, you're right, he would be, Ladat would be Asur Fim. So comes the Gemara and says, comes the Gemara and says, two stories. Hanehu Bene Genana. There were certain people that were involved in, uh, making chupot, making weddings. Many kids they were in charge of making the canopies and involved in sabhat hatam vikala. Comes the Gemara and says, maya. They needed to bring water for, I guess, the sabhat hatam vikala. The problem was the water was in the shoot in the public domain. Not a tum issue now. This was an issue of public domain to get the water into a private domain. So how are they going to do that? So they brought water from a public domain to a private domain. They got people to enclose them. Once they're enclosed by people, they're able to walk. And they kept on being enclosed until they got to the... Now, the people knew what they were doing. So it was a problem. Meaning the human walls were aware of the fact that they were being used as walls. So the Gemara says, Nagdinu Shemuel. Shemuel gave all of them Makat Mardut. He gave them all lashes. Because they went against the words of the Hasamim. Amar, and Shemuel explained himself, Im Amru Shilomidat, Yumru Dedat. If we allowed them to make the human walls Shilomidat, without awareness, are we going to allow them to do it when they know that they're human walls? Meaning you say they took their tail too far. We didn't uh, batir it uh, this month, therefore we punish them. That's Gibran tells the second story. There were certain um, leather uh, jugs, we'll call them, or pouches that you put, flasks is the right word, that they put wine in. Okay? And they were in the middle of the street in Mehoza. They belonged to Rava. Okay? They were Ravas. It was on Shabbat. And his leather pouches, his wine flasks, happened to be in the Rishut uh, Arabim. So, when Rava was coming out of the Shi'ud on Shabbat, now of course Rava would leave the Shi'ud and not the Rosh. So there was actually people surrounding him on all sides as he was leaving the Shi'ud. So therefore technically, he's walking in a Rishut Yahid because the people are serving as Mechitzot. So the Gemara says, so his shamosh went and picked up the jugs and carried them into the Rishuti Yahid where Rava was. Then he took them to his house because technically he was uh, in the Rishuti Yahid the whole way. So the Gemara says, the Shabbata Achariti, on the next Shabbat the same thing happened. Where the jugs were left in the Rishuti Rabim, or the leather pouches, and now, uh, you know, the Shamosh was going to do the same thing again. So he says, Ba'e Ailinu. The Shamosh wanted to bring them in. This time Nava said, Asur. Because already, uh, this week, granted, they didn't know. The people that were making the wall, they were entouraging, they were just uh, surrounding Nava to walk him home from the holiday. But, uh, from the Shi'ud. But what? Since already it's the second time 
already it's it looks like already that we we know what we're doing over. It looks like it's been done already. So then we made a gizerah. He says, you know, the first time okay, the second time already it's becoming obvious that we're using them as uh, walls, and uh, you know it could be they'll realize it and they'll know that they're human walls, and therefore it's going to be asur. Last story where we see people uh, the people used human walls on Shabbat. Levi a'ilu le tivna. Which means, uh, Levi, the rabbi, they brought for him into his reshut, uh, tivna, which would be, let's say, uh, straw. Uh, he needed the straw, let's say, uh, for the animals, let's say. So what did they do? They made a human wall in the reshut of the beam. No, chilo the dot again. And they were able to bring the, uh, straw in. Zairi, another rabbi, aspasta. They were able to bring into his reshut yahid, that's, uh, the short, uh, wheat. Right, when it's still uh, green, before it becomes ripened, they give it to the animals, fodder, exactly. And Avsimi Barhiya, they brought water into the private domain in order to, um, to get it there with the human walls. Okay. And the new Mishnah. The new Mishnah that we're going to learn now, we just need one introduction. There were certain times that, and actually this comes from a second Rosh Hashanah, that the rabbis allowed people to go outside their tchum. on Shabbat. For certain pressing reasons and for necessity, Halakha says you can go outside your tchum. For example, if let's say you're a witness to testify on the sighting of the new moon. Which is very important. Now, let's say you're more than 2,000 amot away from Yerushalayim. So you can't really get to the Beddin and you didn't set up any Eru before Shabbat. It doesn't matter. You can walk as far as you want on Shabbat to get to Jerusalem to testify, let's say, on the, uh, on the new moon. Now, the question is once you get there. Technically, once you get there, you're stuck. You only have four amot. Once you get to the Beddin, area, you're locked into that area. Now, obviously the Hachamim saw that uh, it's a problem. No witnesses wanted to come to the Beit HaMikdash outside the tomb to testify knowing that they're not going to be able to, to walk uh, for the rest of the Shabbat. So it was deterring the witnesses to show up. So Rabban Gabriel Azakin, he made a, uh, a tekana that once you get to Jerusalem, you consider one of the inhabitants of Jerusalem and you can walk 2,000 Ammah to all, uh, to all sides in order not to deter them from, from coming. Now, Hakamim also said for pikuach nefesh reasons, meaning for life-threatening situations, it is permissible to go outside the tomb. For that matter, a miyalidit. A midwife that needs to go, let's say, deliver somebody that's a lady that's uh, giving birth on Shabbat can also go outside the tomb. Or let's say a firefighter that's going to save people from uh, fires, or let's say from enemies, etc. Basically, it's mutar to go outside the tomb. Now, Al Mishnah is going to discuss a case where the guy had a hitter to go out, and before he got there, they told him, we don't need you. Meaning he went out, let's say, to give testimony. Yeah. So now he's outside the tomb, 
And then they tell him, by the way, uh, witnesses came already to testify for the, for the new moon. So now the guy already is, is stuck. He's outside the tomb. He, he, they don't need him to go further. So now we're going to discuss what exactly is this guy allowed to do. So the Mishnah says, Mi shiyatsa birshut. The guy went out of the tomb birshut. For example, to testify on the Hodesh, or let's say for pikuach nefesh, for let's say, you know, uh, life in that situation. Before he got there, they told him, They told him, it happened already. Which means, uh, already they made Kiddush, or the people who were in Sakana were saved, or the lady gave birth already. And therefore, you know, you don't have to continue. Now the question is, from the strict letter of the law, he only has for Amot. Because he is right now outside his tomb. So the Gemara says, Yesh lo alpayim ama lechol ruach. So the Gemara says, Tekanat Rabangam Liel, again, where the guy is, we give him 2,000 amot to all sides. Again, the logic being, because it's common that when you go out on a mission like this, that it's going to get handled before you get there. Now, we don't want to deter people not to go and make an effort. You know, if the people know that we're going to go, and if, uh, if in the event somebody gets there before me, I'm stuck. I'm not going to go now already. You know, it could be people on effort. So therefore, the Bible made a takana. Doesn't matter. You have 2,000 amot to all sides from where you find out, from that spot. Now, the Gemara, the Mishnah continues. If he was within his tomb, in his uh, original tone, it's like it's like he never left. Now the Gemara is going to ask, what in the world is this statement? If he's in his tone, it's like he never left. Isn't that obviously? Because he didn't leave. So what does it mean? It's kiilu. He never left. He's in his home. This is an obvious case. If you're in your home, you're in your home. So Gemara will explain right away what that means. And the last statement also needs interpretation. Anybody that uh, can go out and save somebody is allowed to return. Gemara is going to explain to us what does that mean, return to where? Where exactly is this Hazrim Nim Koman? But let's start the Gemara. The Gemara says, what does that mean? If you're still within your original borders, it's as if you never left. The Gemara asks, uh, what do you mean, ki'ilu lo yatsa? Amaraba hachikama. This is what it means to say. Im haya betoch tchum shelo, ki'ilu lo yatsa mitoch betodame. Gemara says, you, you set off to go to one of these missions, but you're still in your tomb. You never left your tomb. So it's considered as if you're still by your house. Meaning, the 2,000 amot I count from my house. I don't start a new 2,000 from the point that I'm at. Now again, the Gemara says, what's the question? You're still in the tomb. If I'm still in the tomb, so my tomb is where? In my house. I get 2,000 amot from my house. Why would I think... That I have a, a new tomb now from the middle of the city. If I never left the city, I'm still there. So the Gemara says, Pshita! So the Gemara gives the case. Since the guy 
bottom line left his house, he uprooted in order to go outside the tomb. Which means the guy's going to go save somebody now, right? In the middle of his tomb, they tell him, it's handled. You might have thought, once you pick up to leave, you left, you're out already. So now, your new tomb is going to be wherever you are. Therefore, the 2,000 Amot start from the new point. And technically, you gain, you know, 2,000 Amot now in different directions, but from a new starting point. If you're still within your tomb, even though you picked up to go, and they stopped you, they told you it's handled already, your house is your starting point. The 2,000 Amot are not now from a new point, it's from your original point. That's Hadush of the Gemara. So again, when the Mishnah says, if he was in the tomb, the Mishnah's not shown was, Ki'idu lo yatsa, meaning it's as if he did not leave his house. Because you could argue and say, listen, once the guy picks up and goes, he's abandoning the house tomb, the house Eidu, whatever, the house residency, because he's going out. So maybe I'll tell you, even though he didn't leave, but now, they, they catch him before, new point, start the 2000 now from the, further from his house. Kamashram, no. As long as you didn't leave yet, even though you intended to leave, but you didn't leave, Halakha says you take the house. That's one answer. Last answer of the Gemara, Rav Shimi Bar Haya Amar Hakik Amar. Rav Shimi comes along and says, no, we'll give a different answer. Imayu Tehumim Shinatnu Lo Hachamim which means, if let's say the new tomb that the rabbis give him, she's now the rabbis are letting him, letting him go. If let's say where he is, technically he's within two thousand amot of his original tomb, which means if he went out, he went past, right? But he's still able to. Walk, he's outside his original tomb, right? But he's technically still within the 2000 to get back to his original area, right? Let's say uh, the, the guy's tomb is 2000 amot, right? Outside the city. So the guy went 2050 amot, example. So that technically he's still within, uh, you know, the tomb of, he's less than 2000 amot away from his original place, so there the Gemara says like this, meaning his new area, where he stopped, it is enveloped, or uh, literally swallowed, or uh, overlapping is the better word, so therefore technically he can get back, it's going to be considered as if, we have a picture for that? Yeah. Oh, so let's see that picture. Beautiful. So the picture in our books is on uh, 177. Okay? So you see, obviously, the guy's house. Right? That's where he had his uh, tomb. So he gets uh, 2,000 amma from there. And now already he can go even further because he's going on a uh, going on a mission. However, if you have the spot where he passed, let's say, it's still Muvla, because it's still within the uh, the area. Look at, uh, he brings you the Rashi over there. We will read the Rashi. The Rashi says, Which means, once he finds out where 
that if the mission was done, from that spot he has 2,000 amot to all sides, right? Now, if those 2,000 amot are nichnasot natok alpayim shetum beto, they overlap and he can get back in, ki ilu lo yatsam etchomo dami veolek ad beto. So the Hadush according to this is, he actually left. According to Rabshimi, you were not in your town. You actually left. So when it says, according to him, means you left your tomb. But why? And then you found out. But if you left your tomb, but you're still within the 2000 of the original tomb, and therefore you can go back to your house, technically, and your tomb still is by your house. Let's read that inside. It's as if he never left, and therefore, he can go the whole distance of his original tomb. And therefore, when the Mishnah says, it's meduyekit. Because really, he was Yotze. So the Mishnah says, which is according to the first answer of, what was the first answer? Rabbah. Rabbah comes along and says, that really he's in the tomb, and it's ki'ilu lo that word ki'ilu is a little hard. He didn't leave. It, was, it means that since he planned on leaving, it's not considered he left, it's still considered he's there, therefore his tomb is originally in the original spot. According to this answer of Shimi, he's saying, no, he left. But it's considered ki'ilu lo Again, we're talking about the guy went 2,500 uh, amma to go, let's say, to Yeah? At that point, they told him it's handled already. So now, he's still within the, the tomb. He's 500 away, because now, now he has 2,000 amma. Right? We said, Hakamim say what? He has, at that point, Hakamim, Rabban Gabriel, he gave him a new tomb. The new 2,000 starts at that point. So since that new point, you're within your original. So therefore, the Hindush is ki'ilu lo which is, it's, it's really a, uh, an inyan that what? He can get back to his city, and therefore his tomb really goes back to his, his house, which is now he's bound, he can get back to the city, that's obvious. But he can now go the other way, because by the way, since the tomb is in his house, he has 2,000 amma the other side. You don't think that you're stuck there 2,000 amma in all directions from where you, you are. If that 2,000 amma can get you back into your city, you can take it back to your house, and then you can even go 2,000 amma the other way. Exactly. Pass that. So then, well, that's the two ways of learning the last statement of the Mishnah. Baruch Amen. Amen.